Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. We're back again from the lively town of Worcester, Ohio, that goes to bed at 9 o'clock every night. <laughs> That's nearly 10 now. It is. Yeah. And there's no one on the roads. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. I don't know that I've seen a town that goes to sleep, like, it's right true. at 9. It's well, very we're that, odd. We're that weird mix of old people and college students that this time of year especially, everybody's on campus are going to bed. So, but plus everybody's hungover from our county fair. And <laughs> I am the Browns game. I am one of the hungover from my wife was giving me a hard time because I was complaining about how tired I was. She's like, "You took a nap yesterday." I'm like, "Yeah, it didn't matter. I'm still trying to catch up." Did you up. stay up late at the fair or what do you what do you mean <clears throat> tired we, from we the fair? We were at the fair. Let's see. I was at the fair Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and th- Thursday night, which is the last night. My kids, however, were there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. And so I have been dealing with the repercussions of my children being gotcha. out way past their bedtime every night because my wife really wants the fair to be a thing. And again, I mean, it's fun. Our daughter, especially, who's, you know, one, absolutely loves all the animals and just freaks out and it's adorable and strong, wants to ride all the rides. Um, but we are we are suffering the penalty now. For my wife's decisions. <laughs> I'll throw her under the bus right now. I don't care. I can deal with it later. One of these times, I think our wives are going to have a rebuttal podcast because uh-huh. they keep telling us we get things wrong. They need to do like a... I think they should just do a takeover and just do one episode, <laughs> even without us. Like That'd we'll be fine. S- we'll sit here and witness it maybe, or we'll go upstairs and play a video game while, they down, where the, while they're down here and we see what happens. But who knows? We'll see. So, uh, for my did you know, it's nothing impressive this week, but I have random football facts that knock around in my head. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to get a couple of those out, two of them tonight. There is, there is four quarterbacks in the NFL that are named Matt. Okay. Okay. Two of them are starters and two are backups. Okay. The interesting thing about this is the two starting Matts are backed up by the two backup Matts. Really? Matt Castle backs up Matt Stafford, and Matt Schaub backs up uh, Matt Ryan. That's bizarre. There you go. No, that is. That's also, really bizarre. <laughs> this goes out to all the Seahawks fans, if any of them are left. I have found that no <laughs> bandwagon has been abandoned as quickly as the Seahawks bandwagon. It, it was mostly made up of 9- to 13-year-old kids, so I'm not terribly surprised. <laughs> but if you have a real Seahawks fan or someone who still claims to be a Seahawks fan, you can see how long they've been a fan by asking them one question. Who was the coach before Pete Carroll of your team that you are a fan of, <laughs> Seahawks fans? I have had, I've asked that question of Seahawks fans, and I've never once had one answer it right. So what is the answer to that? Or do you not want to tell? The answer is Jim Mora Jr. Really? Yeah. And they'll never say it. They'll say Mike Mike Holmgren, or they won't know of any coach before Pete Carroll because they weren't born before then, (laughs) or they weren't a fan of football before that time. Fair (laughs) enough. But Jim Mora Jr., there you go, former 49ers coach. Hmm. I was coaching a cow for a while. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) he was the coach before Pete Carroll. So you can rub that in the eyes of Seahawks fans across the nation and make me happy. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, I bet that was that a big conflict of interest for you when Mark Driscoll was a big Seahawks fan? Because I know you loved Mark Driscoll back in the day. Well, this is true. I, I liked Mark Driscoll's preaching a lot, but I had to console myself that all of Bethel was praying for the Niners. So <laughs> I figured figured we were good. And yet. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> it is what it is. I do appreciate that part of some. sometimes if they don't cut off the prayer portion on the Bethel podcast, the ser- Sermon of the Week or whatever, yeah. you'll get like a, 
they'll they'll have a prayer time, and if it's during football season, though, the Niners may get mentioned yeah. from time to time, there which I always appreciate. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> well, anyway, so there we go. Kayla will be glad that we got another little bit of football in on uh, this particular podcast. She doesn't like football? She was just ranting to me that we've done too much football and we need to move on to okay, other things. Okay, we're done. We got the we're big done. argument we're done. out. So, <laughs> that being said, I have chosen the topic tonight. Uh, this may as be a first. To, uh, yes, as opposed to a, at best, we've maybe, maybe done mutual agreement or it's been you. Like, those have been the two things we've done. But this time, I have picked. And we wanted to go with something a little lighter because we've gone pretty... Heavy here the past probably four episodes, just about. Maybe yeah, sorry, not that guys. many. But that's okay. You guys are still <laughs> listening. So apparently something is working, but we got to change it up here. So, what we want to talk about tonight is moments we have embarrassed ourselves. And this could be through uh, kind of your slapstick, like I fell down the stairs, to, in my case, it's going to mostly be times I've opened my mouth and said things that. The instant I said them, I wished that I could take them back, um, and and kind of well, that works. Humiliated it's the myself. We say. Yes, it is the things we say. So, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to lay lay bare our uh, random embarrassing stories from throughout our history. And Sheldon actually told me he has a fairly fresh one. I do. That he wants I have to a share, fairly so. fresh one. Uh, I'm going to say right up front. I think my brothers and sisters and my wife could do a much better job at what I'm going to offer to this <laughs> podcast than what I can, because I, I have a very short memory, mm. and I let myself off the hook really easily. Like, <laughs> I don't beat myself up for an eternity over anything, really, that comes out of my mouth, or an embarrassing moment, like, kind of like a duck that way. I just let it run off let my back. back. And, and, but my memory is not real great. Yeah. On the times well, that I, my thing, the only reason I remember mine is because I retell them, because they're usually okay. they're usually worth retelling, even though they were horrifying for me in the moment. And so I will, I'll retell them. I, I don't have a problem. Well, with I'm that. sure your stories will prompt some of mine, but I do want to apologize on behalf of not getting the best ones <laughs> out there, because I know that others close to me could have some real doozies in their pocket oh, that yeah. I've just forgotten. <laughs> All right. So do you want me to start or should you? You can start, and okay. then I'll offer the only one that I have coming to mind at the moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, one, of, one, of my, one of my first embarrassing moments, and, and she will remember this, and I'm going to call her out by name for this one. So, <laughs> so back, back in the day, uh, for those of you listening that don't know, Stephanie Gretzinger and I were, were, were pretty tight. We dated, like, actually were engaged at one point. There was a whole, whole history of things that happened there. But earlier than that, when she was dating one of my friends and she was living in Columbus and she had come and spent the night at my parents' house one night. And <laughs> I was typically a, a uh, T-shirt and shorts, like actual like gym shorts sleeper at that point in my life. Yep. Like, that's how I slept. But I, I was also a tidy whitey wearer at that point in my in my age. You know, I was probably about like fifteen or sixteen or seventeen, somewhere in there, where I was starting to buy my own clothes and starting to make my own decisions. And as part of that, I had decided to uh, start wearing boxer briefs instead of tidy whities because I thought they looked much more like I and wasn't they, they four. Just feel and they better. just feel better. Yeah, guys, if you're out there and you're just wearing boxers, you're missing it. And if you're wearing tidy whities, please move on. And, and switch to boxer briefs. Anyway, but that is not the point of this. Um, so that particular night, uh, she, was, she was in the living room sleeping on the couch. I was in my room. You know, we're all scattered. This was when all of us kids were still living at home. Again, I was a teenager. And uh, in the old parsonage beside the YMCA here in Worcester. And she came and knocked on my door. And so I hopped out of bed. And I kind of cracked the door open because I didn't know who was out there. I didn't know what was she, and she wanted a blanket and couldn't find something. So I just came out. And I walked up. And I... And I you know, gathered something for her. And she was acting really weird, and I couldn't figure out why. And Stephanie, if you remember this and you hear this podcast by chance, you got to text me and tell me if you remember this. But, I, you know, I walked out, got her blanket, there, there you go, and I went back in and went to bed. Only when I went back inside did I realize I was just wearing underwear. But I didn't think about it because they were boxer briefs and it was new, and so it felt like I was wearing shorts. And so here I walk out, a teenager in front of a teenage girl, and just walk out in, in you know, nothing but my skivvies and then go back inside, and it didn't occur to me until after. So that was, that was the first one that came to mind when I started thinking of embarrassing stories. And I was. I was, I was a little uh, 
we didn't talk about it, essentially. We know we never no. talked about it ever again after that moment. Uh, maybe I mentioned it when we were dating to her. Maybe I did, but there was it was only a, one way that that could have been yeah. more embarrassing. Yes, but. only one. But layers happened, so it was okay. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, so that was that was my first one. So what do you got? Uh, so yesterday, I've, I've been really tired all week. I didn't get great sleep. I've been kind of my brain's been all over the place, I'm and I don't I don't have great like spatial awareness of what's going on around me <laughs> to begin with. So like I'm in some sort of brain fog. I got done coaching my son's flag football game. We were driving home, and I get to a light in Worcester, and like a couple cars go past. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of traffic, and then um, then the light turns green, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And this car comes through the intersection. I'm like what are they doing? They're running a red light. And then I'm like, okay, well, there's a gap in the cars. I'm going to, it just seems like these people are coming through the red light. And I cut, <laughs> cut through, and it's there's two lanes there. So I'm, like, driving beside them. And only then did I see the little funeral flag thing. Oh, no. I somehow, sitting at the red light, I missed the big black hearse that went right by me. And so you cut through and a I'm funeral like, procession. Is yes, that what happened? Yeah, oh, I, in traffic. And, and, I didn't, and then I have to go to the light up there and stop. You know, I'm just like, oh, man, I feel about an inch high. But That's funny. Like I had no, no awareness of what had just happened, and I was being really perturbed at all these cars, and nobody seeming to obey the traffic signals, and there was no flag in my head that said, "There's a reason nobody's obeying the traffic signals." Oh my goodness! I'm just like, people, there are laws. Oh, that's lovely. There. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that reminds me of driver's ed because it was specifically about driving. So you mentioned that. Okay. I had I had two kind of embarrassing experiences in driver's ed. The one was really minor, and the one's a better story than it was an experience because I was horrified in my experience. Um, but when I when I did driver's ed, I was eighteen when I did it. I I just had it was one of those kids that had no real interest in getting my license. I had a ton of buddies that drove, and we always did stuff together anyway. So it was like why have a car payment and insurance and all that stuff. Like, it just wasn't a thing. So I'm 18, and I'm in there with all these, like, 15- and 16-year-olds, which at that time seems like much more of a gap than it actually is. And I made the mistake the first night of our class. Uh, we were talking about something uh, related to how the test was going to be taken and different things like that. Because my big thing was, oh, I don't want to take classes. I just want to wait till I'm 18, and then I can just go in and take the test. And, and my parents made me still take classes, so it was kind of yeah. pointless. But anyway, so... I, I made the mistake of wearing a shirt that had the number 18 on it. It was like a, a fake football jersey, you know, that were kind of popular for a little while. You could get it, I don't know, PacSun or wherever I shopped at that time in my life. Um, but I raised my hand to ask a question, and I started with, hey, since I'm 18, because I'm 18, and I said it twice in a row just like that, will this apply to me? And, and everybody, me saying I was 18 twice in a row and having 18 emblazoned upon my chest... I, it became a thing for the rest of, of the class. And there was one kid who had a much worse nickname that I will not repeat, but I'll tell you later off the air. Uh, so that took over that. But, it, yeah, that every time I would ask a question, are you going to tell us you're 18 again? I mean, it, it was pretty merciless being, being brutalized by a bunch of 15- and 16-year-old kids in, yeah. that, uh, in that environment. So that was pretty embarrassing. My second thing with that was the first time I actually had my in-car uh, driver's ed uh, session. And this particular guy, I had two in-car guys, one during the day and one at night. And the guy at night was awesome. Like, he was very chatty. He was conversational. He gave a lot of good feedback. The guy I had during the day clearly did not want to be there and wanted... I think he fell asleep a couple of times while we were driving. But we did highway driving that day. And he was very explicitly clear with me that I was only to change lanes on the highway when he instructed me to, whether it was to pass, whether it was to do any of gotcha. that. And so we're driving down the road, and at this point, I think I had already run one, one red light back in town before we got out there. And he kind of gave me that look like I was an idiot and said, are you even paying attention? I was like, yeah, but, you know, you're nervous because it's weird. You're in the car with an adult you don't know, and they're judging you. Yeah. But anyway... Was so, it your own car? No, it's their car. So See, all the better. It was like, a, it was like one of those. Off. It was one of those weird, like bubbly Ford. Uh, was it the Taurus that mm -hmm. was really weird and looked like something out of The Simpsons? Like it was strange. 
Still, when I rent a car, I sit there for like two or three minutes just like playing with all the switches oh, and yeah. knobs. Oh, yeah, finding out what I, does what. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like... it's the worst. A new, a new driver it's the worst. a new car is it's crazy. It's the worst. But what, <laughs> what happened on the highway, we're driving down the road, and, and I'm looking, and, you know, we're going 65, 70 miles per hour where we are, and I see what appears to be like a two-by-four kind of laying diagonally across the road. And I see it, and he's he's looking to and he sees it and all that's going through my head is don't change lanes unless i tell you to don't change lanes unless i ask you to so i'm sitting there thinking okay i see this miles up the road but clearly it's there and i'm waiting for this guy to tell me hey you need to get in the other lane to avoid this obstacle and i'm like okay he's not saying anything and i'm just driving i'm not slowing down i'm just gonna go i'm like i'm just going with this all of a sudden the loudest i mean it just went bang like when we ran over it like just hit it and it just was the loudest like it, it sounded like a shotgun going off inside the car. And, and literally I just kept my head forward. I didn't say a word. And literally I just saw him slow turn his head and just mouth agape, stare at me like, what is wrong with you? Why didn't you avoid that? But I didn't say anything. I didn't look at him and we just kept running and driving. And again, I felt like about two inches tall in that moment because he just was so, his face was so belittling. Um, and I wanted to smack him, but I think he was a cop anyway. So I don't think that would have been a good idea. It wouldn't have gone well for me. Plus he was an you adult. You didn't say anything I smart? I didn't say a word. Didn't say a word at all. We just kept driving and neither of us mentioned it, but he looked, he stared at me for a long time like I was a moron after that one. The moment was ripe. Yeah, and it was it was for the, I, I cannot communicate should how should I change lanes? I, I cannot <laughs> I cannot communicate to you how loud that banging sound was hitting that two by four going seventy miles an hour down the road. Um, but I will admit, even though I was embarrassed, there was a little bit of pride that I had in the fact that I had just stayed in my lane and hit the dang two by four because he didn't tell me to do otherwise. I was a little proud of it. The the smart aleck in me liked it a little bit. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh man, I like it. So what else do you got? Come on, you've got when, to have when, some when have have I embarrassed myself? Like I said, I well. well when should you have been embarrassed um, by something? I you had did? something just a little bit earlier. It went out of my head. Oh yeah. So my dad was very very clear with me that I was supposed to mow the yard on okay. Saturday, and but I was like going to my friend's house, and I went to Dwight's house, and I'm like, you had a friend named Dwight, yeah, oh. and we would play video games at his house because I didn't have great game consoles at my house, and he did, and I was like, what was the great game console by the way? At, at the time, era? at the time it was like N64 or okay, something okay. like that, but we actually drug out the old Atari that night oh, and yeah. just went bananas until our my eyes were about to fall out. We pulled, <laughs> we pulled an all-nighter, and then my mom picked me up at like 9 or 10 o'clock the next morning, or I somehow made, made my way home. I get home, I'm like, Mom, I got to go to bed. I'm tired. And so I go, I go to go to bed, and my dad's like, uh, no, told you you are mowing the yard. <laughs> so I get out there, and I start mowing along, and I'm going along just fine. And my mom came out because she hadn't heard me for a while, and the mower is still running, and it's just parked against a tree. And I am just, just sawing logs <laughs> asleep with the deck sitting there running. <laughs> So wait, was this a riding mower? Yeah. So you literally had just bumped up again, and you were just there just asleep. Just went until, like, it, it must have, you know, I had it in going forward. It was hydrostatic drive. It just went. That's amazing. Hit the tree, you know, um, gently, and I went to sleep. <laughs> I don't know how, but there I was, sitting there sleeping. My mom came out, <laughs> shut it off, and put me to bed. And I'm How old are you then? I woke up, uh, I don't know. Just a guess. Twelve. Okay, that's about right. Okay, that's what I was picturing. Yeah, so. and and then my mom was like, "Just so you know, you don't get out of mowing the yard this way." And like, <laughs> like, uh, like, go to bed. Just let me sleep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Bad choices. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was the one like driving type thing that I, I mean, I, <laughs> I had to combat falling asleep a lot of different times. Like I've held twenty dollar bill out the window. <laughs> That's one way to not fall asleep when you're in the car. Like, if you feel like you're right about there where your head's starting to hit the steering wheel. Don't like, you just wish you could just push a button? Like, you are never more tired than you are when you're driving in a vehicle and you have to stay awake because you're driving. Yeah. Like, if you just hit a button and instantly be in your bed, 
you would go to sleep so quickly, <laughs> and it would just be literally the It'd best be the thing best in the world. Sleep ever, oh. but it never is because then you get out and you're like, yeah, through all the sorting around of getting stuff out of the car, or whatever you got to do, you get in, and, and you're then like, you stare at the ceiling. It's just the worst. <laughs> but yeah, if you hold an actual like, and it can't be a one because yeah, you'll gotta just be let that you care thing about. go. But you got to hold something that you care about out the window. Well, like, you know, like money or a child or something, <laughs> you know, something important. All the time. Like, that goes along with my spatial awareness. I usually have no idea how tired I am <laughs> until everything is over and I have to, like, oh get somewhere or be done. Yeah. Whew. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I have a, I guess this is a little more of a confession than embarrassing, but I was embarrassed by it, but there was nobody around to see it other than the people who were driving around me. Um, this was back in high school. Uh, my, my girlfriend at the time was going to college at Mount Vernon, and school was done, and I was going to meet her, pick her up, bring her stuff back. So I had my parents' minivan, the, the, uh, the gold Honda Odyssey, and it was the best. It was six-cylinder, automatic doors, sunroof, like it was quite the deal. Um, but I'm driving to Mount Vernon, and being a teenager, I'm trying to do all I can to be as comfortable as possible while driving. And so I had one foot up beside the steering wheel. My left foot was up by the oh, steering wheel. Kind of like, I was just tired of sitting. And while I'm driving, I get this thing. I'm like, oh, I have cruise control. I was like, I wonder if I can get both of my feet on either side of the steering wheel while I'm driving. Yeah. Who hasn't thought that? I, no, no. I thought it, but I tried it. And the problem with that was I could not properly... The way I had to manipulate my body to get down there, I could not properly control the car. And I actually started kind of fishtailing. I actually swerved off the road around the outside of a telephone pole and ended up back on no. the road. And needless to say, my feet stayed firmly planted on the floor from that point on. And I have never since made any kind of attempt to do that. Okay. But yeah, 17-year-old me, very, very stupid, very embarrassed by it. Probably should have died in that moment, but I didn't, and I lived long enough to be embarrassed by it. So once you get married, you're like, okay, now now I'm I'm the man. I'm supposed to protect my wife. There's some responsibility that I'm, comes. I'm responsible for her yes. and for us and all of this. I don't think I've been more embarrassed in front of my wife than when I almost killed us both. Okay. We didn't have any kids. <laughs> And it was just me being stupid. I, we were on, and I don't know what possessed me to do this. We were on a trip. It was a thousand mile trip from here in Ohio all the way up to Thunder Bay, Ontario, and then back. Okay. And so we were driving around the north end of Lake Superior. Most beautiful drive. Yeah. Please, if you ever get a chance and you have to go around Lake Superior, take the Canadian side. It is awesome. Anyway, it's the middle of the night. There is nothing, nothing anywhere for miles. Okay. And these are steep hills, and they go down towards the lake, and they curve around, and then they go away from the lake, then they go up over a hill and back down towards the lake. I'm on a hill going down towards the lake in, in a sunfire, like a Pontiac <laughs> sunfire that's automatic. It's two doors, four cylinder. Oh, yeah. This thing gets like 30 to the gallon. Looks ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, it's the middle of the night, and it just popped in my head. I bet I could just put the car in neutral, and we'll just go. And it, it's automatic. I don't, I don't know. Like, if I'm in a stick shift, yes, that makes sense. You get better gas mileage. You put in neutral, off you go. This is a, this is a steep hill that you have to break going down at the bottom and at the bottom is the lake is lake superior mm. and so i put the car in neutral and just like poof, and it starts going i'm like you know all of a sudden i'm like oh i want to slow down now and i put it back in drive and it like it like it like made some sort of jerky thing and the car shut off the engine shut off yeah and we're still going like 70 and so then I tried to steer or use my brakes, and they both—they were both gone. Like I didn't Gosh. necessarily hear the engine shut off. I, I heard the like click, yeah, the or something or, or clunk, was, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that was weird. The transmission made a weird thing, and then I realized when my steering wheel locked and I had no brakes that this car is off. Oh my gosh! And and I'm going 70 miles an hour towards the lake, so. 
I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was like panicking and Jess is sleeping in the seat next to me because it's dark. It's the middle of the night and she trusts me and my family line is about to end. So I, I don't know how I thought of it, but I put it back in neutral. I'm like, well, if I get it back in neutral, at first thought in my head was to throw the thing in park. And then I'm like, glad I didn't do yeah. that. So I put it in neutral and start turn the key and it came on and I'm like, Okay, don't throw it back into drive now. Stand on the brakes. Right. And I stood on the brakes and just like wakes up and she sees the light coming towards us. Like it's oh right gosh. at the bottom. Like, and and she's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> oh man. We stop and we pull over and I'm all like jumpy and jittery. She's like, what happened? Is something run out or whatever? And I'm like, Oh, I can't even like, I can't even think about what just happened. Oh, like, I'm like, well, the good thing is you're not dead. <laughs> and neither are you. The yet. other thing is you might need to drive. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my word. I told you those stories are there. I just so don't did remember you admit them. this to her finally? Did you tell her what happened or was yeah, it a while well, before? I mean, yeah, no, I told her. But, man, I, I don't know. It's just really dumb. All right. All right. I got an embarrassing junior high one. Gosh. My next one is a little bit before junior high. Okay. Do you want to go so. first or do you want me to go? I'm actually kind of loathed that I'm going to tell this story okay, a little bit. Okay. I'll give you a little bit. So, um, you know how when you first start liking somebody like fifth grade, yeah. Ish. Yeah. Fifth grade is when I, I ask you because it, I don't, I don't want to be embarrassed that it took me till fifth grade to start liking girls. Yeah, yeah. But no, in, in, uh, in fifth grade, there was a girl that I really, really liked. And it was one of the first times I liked somebody. And like all my relationships, I really liked her. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she was like the only one. The only and one so in the world. Finally, I told, I told my sister who it was. And I'm like, I shouldn't do this. And, and Denise has apologized. This is like water <laughs> under the bridge. Our relationship is good. Like, the, I don't hold this against her. It was embarrassing for me. And, yeah, anyway. Here we go. <laughs> I walked into a room. It was, it was a Christian school, so, like, the families would go in and clean. Right, right. And, and so we were in there cleaning one night. And I couldn't find my sister anywhere. We were like goofing around. My parents were doing some sort of work. I haven't found my sister for a while. And I walked into a room where there are girls from my class all in a circle and my sister in the middle. And I walked <laughs> in there and I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is not good. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then I hear exactly what they're talking about. And I'm like, I just stood there and like they all looked at me and I'm like, like, you are never more embarrassed in your life. I, I, I've, never been, I've never been on the spot embarrassed in front of people like that, where yeah. I'm just like, they all now know exactly. And I'm like, I can't change what I think. And oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, I just went outside my mind. <laughs> and probably said some very mean and hurtful things to my sister. Oh, my word. So, yeah. We both apologize to each other, and she's very good at keeping secrets. Just wasn't in third grade. So, and, and again, this is, this is concerning a girl that I still know, haven't seen her in a while, but uh, doesn't, I mean, I guess a woman now, obviously, but when I was in junior high, I'm a notorious zoner. Like I will just, I will stare off into space gotcha. and just get lost in, even when I'm listening to somebody, like I can hear every word they're saying, but my brain, half of my brain just goes somewhere else. And in junior high, I'll never forget it. We were at Camp Koinonia, and and in, in here in Ohio, at North Central Ohio Junior High Camp, and <laughs> this this gal was a, a little on the busty side. Yeah. Even for junior high, like, yeah. and so we were talking about something, and I completely zoned out, and I'm just staring. At her chest, straight up, 14-year-old me, 15-year-old me, yeah, it would have been 14, just staring at her chest. Not intentionally. That is not what I'm looking at. I'm just looking through her, but that happens to be where my eyes are. And we're just talking, and she's talking, I'm listening to her, and all of a sudden, she stops and says, 
why are you staring at the front of my shirt? And all of a sudden, I could just feel the red creeping up my neck. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This girl thinks that I'm just staring at her chest. And it hadn't even occurred to me. So either you have to cop she to mentioned not something. listening at all. Yeah, and I made something up in the moment, I think, but I was so horrified, I don't remember. I, there was a lot of stumbling, uh, 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 you know, I was so horrified in that moment. <laughs> Not even so much that it had happened, because I would have eventually, my brain would have kicked in, and I would have moved on, and it never would have registered to me that it even happened. But the fact that she noticed it and called me out, oh my moment. goodness, it was so awful. It was just so awful. I really, I wanted to crawl under well, a rock and no die. Well, there's no good way of walking that no, back. No, there's nothing. You just got to deal with it. And, and just be like, well, I wasn't really listening, so I was staring off into space. It just didn't and happen space to be space. just <laughs> happened to be where there was no was empty space. space. <laughs> yes, and that was, that was just absolutely horrifying. <laughs> it was just, I was so horrified. And again, it could, it, it would have been better if I would have been like, 20 or, or, or 25 when I could be like, oh, yeah, sorry, I was just... But being at that early hormonal stage of life, it was just the worst thing to try to try to walk back from everything, that. It was awful. Everything seems so magnified when you look back oh, on it. Oh, man, I know. Like, you can, as an adult, you look back on something like that and be like, dude, you'll recover. But yeah. in the moment, you're like, no, and, and my I life have, is over. I have skills to deal with those things based on the humiliating moments I've had. My humiliating experiences have, have, have brought me much knowledge and ability to deal. But man, oh man, in those moments. Yeah. And like junior high, you're like, well, this is the only girl I like. And I guess my life is ruined. And oh, yeah. you know, like now that she knows that I like her and they're all laughing about it. Now, now my life is over. Except did you have a church girl that you liked and a school girl that you liked? <laughs> you did, didn't you? I, well, not really. I, me, I would just fixate on one relationship. Yeah. I was but, I, early on until I actually started having actual relationships. I was kind of that dude, but also I didn't I didn't go to school a whole lot because I was homeschooled most of my so it wasn't like I was hanging with my sister say, or whatever. How but, are you? but yeah, when I was when I was in yeah, dang it, even back in the like really young days, I had girls I liked like even like kindergarten age. I think in different spheres. So like you have, I I could see that school. Yeah, school church. Uh, family social groups or like yeah for me it was like the u.s and canada like we go to the canada <laughs> go to canada for the summer and that kind of stuff that's so, funny yeah yeah i mean but yeah that was a thing but anyway what about you you got anything else there have i spurred anything else in your I mind don't know. <laughs> i've got more I'm, I'm sad to say i've got more and i remember I'm, them i keep trying to think of them as we go i know they're there <laughs> So I, I, I don't want people to get the impression that I don't do embarrassing things. I oh, probably no. do way more embarrassing things yeah. than anybody else. I just don't. I've just done embarrassing things very publicly. Um, <laughs> um, I have, uh, again, for those of you who don't know, I am a musician. I, I'm, I'm a worship leader and uh, have been doing worship in various settings since I was probably about 15 uh, years old, maybe a little younger probably about 14 maybe. And in that time, I have fallen on stage three times. Two of them were rough. <laughs> One was a little entertaining. Uh, but there's, there's nothing like being a teenager playing in front of teenagers and, and going down in the middle of, of playing. And so the first time it ever happened, I actually pretty severely injured myself. Um, we were playing in the band that we were in fire pan for anybody who remembers that. And, uh, and it, we were two songs, two or three songs into the set. And we probably had like a 15 song set. So we're like two or three songs into the set. And I hopped up on the drum riser. My brother was the drummer, you know, so I was doing the whole thing. I was the bass player, so, you know, playing. And I went to jump off of the riser to kind of do one of those epic switch foot, uh, you know, jumps that you do when you're about to emphasize something. And I don't know what happened, but something with my left ankle, like, turned just right or, or, or slipped or something my legs kicked straight up in the air and I landed flat on my back. I mean, slammed down on my back. Didn't knock the wind out of me. I must have had all the air out of my lungs or something when that was happening. 
but my ankle just had this searing pain that went through it instantly. And I laid there for what felt like an eternity, still playing, mind you. I was in that mode where I was still playing, thinking to myself, if I stand up, am I going to be able to stand or is my leg just going to collapse underneath me? And so I sat there for a while with my leg elevated while I was playing. And I'm like, I think I can get up. I don't think it's broken. So I got up. I played the set. Sat down as soon as it was over. And my le- and my ankle puffed up to like the size of my knee. Oh, no. Uh, because of how badly I twisted it. And I hobbled around for like a week or two after that. But it was it was the first time I'd ever fallen on stage. And it was it was pretty embarrassing. Plus, it was at the church. So it was like in front of the hometown crowd, no less. Uh, then... Uh, a couple weeks later, not even a month later, I was playing in Grove City and they were on a narrow stage and I got up on the drum riser and went to do the same thing and actually jumped off of the stage. So I landed with my toes on the <laughs> stage and then fell down. Slipped right off. Yeah, but I did not fall on my back. I just took a running start and hopped right back up on the stage and, and kept going. And the other time was back when we were doing a young adult service and I just got tangled up in my cord and fell over. Uh, <laughs> so those are my three. Uh, they were all especially humiliating. Um, there's nothing like falling on stage in front of a crowd of people. There's, there's, there's a level of instant humility yeah. <laughs> that you receive in that moment that is like absolutely nothing else in the world. I, I didn't fall on stage, and there wasn't a whole lot of people there, but it was the entire youth group bus going to a, uh, what was that? That would have been winter retreat. So... There was a whole bus full of people. I had been going nuts on the bus because my ADD was, like, super kicking <laughs> in. And so I was like, this next stop, I'm just, like, going to take off and run around and be all, you know. I had a lot of pent-up, uh, uh, you know, energy or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm there, like, waiting at the doors of the bus. The minute they opened the doors, I was like, woohoo, and, like, <laughs> took off across the McDonald's parking lot. There's these row of, like, bushes that are... Uh, decorative or something, these squarey bushes, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm just like, went to, what, what's the first thing that enters your head? I'm going to jump the bushes. And I jumped and didn't realize how solid they were. And like, I was just going to drag my feet through the first part to be able to make the jump. And both my feet just caught on the front edge of that bush, and I just like disappeared over the other side. And I just remember like, popping back up and seeing everybody on the bus just laughing. <laughs> the people getting off were, like, stumbling around. It, oh, I don't know goodness. how it looked, but it had to look pretty good because I was like, wow, across the parking lot <laughs> and just, bloop, gone. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> it hurt like crazy, but... <laughs> that's lovely. Um, I remember when we were, uh, when we were in London, uh, this, was, this was that band that I was in again. We were, we were there, and uh, one of the things they so explicitly told us was they, they talked about some culture differences and, and slang there that doesn't mean what it means here, and you can't say this, don't say that, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And one of the things they were so adamant about is that if you say pants over there, you're talking about underwear. Gotcha. And um, and so they said, you know, if you're asking about that, ask, you know, say like trousers or jeans, usually trousers is what they're going with. But pants, you're talking about underwear. And so we, it was me and Bailey, we were standing there, and I'm sure Bailey remembers this too. We were standing there and talking to this girl, and of course we all, in high school, we all had our girlfriends at that time. We're like, oh, we gotta, we want to try to get things to take back to them, you know, from our trip in Europe, and it was awesome. And so we went up to this other teenage girl that was a part of our group that was from uh, London area named Lois. I still remember little blonde, tiny Lois with her Marmite and jam uh, sandwich that looked absolutely disgusting. Um, it is. Yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, it, it, somebody basically described it to me as lard and nothing else. No, Marmite is, is bitter and nasty. Yeah. Anyway, so we're sitting there talking, and Bailey had decided he was going to get a pair of pants for his girlfriend at the time. And so he went up to Lois with me, with him, and he said, Hey, 
I just want to know, you're about the same size as my girlfriend. What is your pant size? Because sizes are different in Europe. Oh, what no. is What's your pant size so that I can get her what I want? And and as he's saying this, all of a sudden, something in the back of my head goes, that's not what you're supposed to be saying. And I went up to Bailey and I was like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, trousers. No, you mean trousers. And her eyes, I have never seen somebody's eyes get so wide being asked this question. And, and she just, I don't think she talked to us the rest of that trip. And we were with her for several more days after that. Uh, and she never gave him an answer either. She just kind of walked away. But that was that was kind of uh, an interesting... That was a different kind of embarrassment because it wasn't like somebody you knew or somebody you were yeah. going to have to deal with. But it's like, we're not making a great impression here as the Americans in the group. We're, we, we weren't doing well uh, in that sense. But that was that was pretty funny. We, we talked about that one on the plane and we're getting a good <laughs> laugh out of that by the time we left. Um, yeah, Shoot. so sorry, Lois, if I you're had... still out there somewhere. I had a really good one, and now it escaped me. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. I like. <laughs> I don't want you to see me like zoning out while you're talking because <laughs> I feel like that would be rough for you talking to somebody that's I completely zoned out. But when you were talking about words, I think times that I should have been been embarrassed, but I think back now that I know all the swear words oh. or most oh, of the inappropriate yeah. words, and I look back at different situations where. I was just not either educated enough or innocent enough that I didn't know. I knew the reaction that the words got that yeah. I was using, but I did not know why that reaction was taking place. Yeah. And it wasn't in like your top five swears. It's the little, it's the little swears yeah. or like the, the terms that are sexual, but, but you, you don't, don't know, know that. Yeah. And you're using it and it's like, Everybody laughs, and I'm like, ah, okay, that's good. <laughs> I'll run with that. Oh, man. <laughs> but there, like, yeah, there's probably a good bit of years from about sixth grade to ninth, tenth grade, where there was probably quite a bit of my language that I'm like, man, that would have been I, super embarrassing. I said a lot of things. I know some of the words that I use. I'm like, you were not using those for what you think you oh, should have been using goodness. them for. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everybody's been there with that, I think. At least yeah. I hope everybody's been innocent enough to <laughs> but, be there. But learning at some point. learning swear words is yeah, that's something else. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing of, of swear words is interesting to me because I look at that and I'm like, why is this particularly bad? Like what is it about this word that we have decided like this is actually bad? Like and again, I'm not a proponent of like just swearing like by any means because I think there's better things to say most times. Um, but yeah. I'm just like, what what is it about society that we have deemed that these words are particularly offensive and we can't use them? And again, that they're not even consistent across cultures. No, um, even close cultures like European. Uh, especially British, like they can get away with a whole lot more on television than than we do here. But then they've got other things that they won't and say the that British we say all the time. Swears that are more meaningful over there. Over here, they sound hilarious, and people say yeah. them all the time. And they and mean nobody's nothing. Offended. And they mean nothing at all. It's just always a strange. That's why I've developed a theory that there's actually no real such thing as rudeness because you can find things in almost every culture where, however, your being is culturally acceptable and appropriate. Is being rude. Yeah. So, so rude is so subjective that there's actually no such thing. It does exist, but it's not solid. It's 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 con it's it's fluid. It is a it well, is it a just fluid varies thing. from culture to culture. Exactly. And so therefore there is no set standard of rudeness. It just There's no standard of rudeness. That doesn't mean that it doesn't right. exist. It exists culturally, yeah. but it does not exist universally. It exists universally, but specifics don't exist universally. It's a very strange thing. Anyway, that's a whole rabbit trail. Um I had one. Oh, got it. <laughs> Do I need to give you a pen so you can write things I, down? Uh, I I should bring like a notepad. Pulling out my phone doesn't help me at all. That just distracts, distracts me during you, our yes. talk. But, no, it's fine. See, my wife rearranged down here, and now I don't know where anything is anymore. Ooh, there's neon note cards. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there's that. That's bright. Take yeah. a look at that. And... It's okay. No pens. Yeah, we don't have writing utensils readily available. Again, every time she cleans, I can never find anything. But she would know. She would know instantly. Well, that's true. We're not turning this into a rant of things we don't like no. or whatever. No. But when my wife cleans up, and she's largely responsible for cleaning up, yeah. you know, because with the kids and everything else, I do try. But uh, it inevitably happens that all my stuff that is where I can see it goes where I can't see it. And then... 
the I've lost everything. There we go. There's a pen. All right, I got a pen. Yeah. That is. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a chaotic. I'm a chaotic organizer in that like my desk will have things all over it, but I know where everything is. That's true. And then my wife will graciously come in and say, "Hey, I'm going to clean this up for you so that it'll." And she puts everything in good places that I don't know where they are, and I just go get new things because I, <laughs> I can't find them. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, don't want to rant about that. Um, I, my mouth has embarrassed me more and gotten me in more trouble than most things. I have always been, I, it took me a long time to develop any kind of filter over what I say and understanding. First of all, it took me a long time to even understand that I needed to have a filter and then an even longer time to actually apply a filter to the things that run around in my brain. Because I've oh, always yeah. said my train of thought is basically a bumper car. Like it will just, it will hit something and move on completely erratically uh, from wherever it is. And so you just got to be ready for whatever with me. But I will never forget, once again in junior high, there was this girl that I liked at camp. She was on our district, Derricka Smith. And uh, I don't know if she's actually still around these parts or not. Uh, I know she's married and whatever, but Derricka Smith. Anyway, and we'd gone on about a week uh, at, at this camp. We were about the halfway point of the camp. And this particular day, you know, we'd been not really admitted that we liked each other, but we were hanging out a lot and we were yeah. finding excuses to go for walks in the woods and talk to each other about all of the things that make life significant for a junior high person. And so, and I actually was a little older. I, w I should have been in senior high camp, but I chose to go back to junior high an extra year because all my friends were there. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're walking along and this particular day she kept asking me to repeat myself and that's one of the few things in life that just kind of gets under my skin. If I'm con I feel like people aren't listening. Like if, if, and so finally at one point I, in my wisdom just looked at her and said, man, I keep having to repeat myself with you today. Are you deaf? Jokingly, just off the cuff. Didn't even think about it. And her face fell. I just saw like the light go out of her eyes and her, I, I just cannot describe to you the way her countenance fell. And I thought to myself, oh, no, here it comes. And she said, actually, I was born 50% deaf, so I've just been having a little, a little trouble since you're walking beside me and I can't see what you're saying. And I, it was just, it was the worst, one of the worst moments of my life. Uh, yeah. We still had an okay week and we still, you know, liked each other, but that never developed in anything, of course, because it's camp. Camp love, what are you going to do? But I, I felt like such a heel in that moment. And again, you could not have... You just pointed out something that <sighs> she's been dealing with or and embarrassed I had no, and about. And I had no idea. It's not like I was... Yeah. But who says that to somebody? Yeah. Either way. Like, But again, junior high me didn't register. Didn't register at all. And I still <laughs> lapse into those every once in a while where I will just say the thing that comes to my mind and I will say what I mean to say the moment I mean to say it. And I inevitably regret it every single time. So, you know, that thing <clears throat> that you'll do sometimes if you see somebody where they're kind of standing on one foot and they have their other foot crossed behind them and you walk up behind them and you kind of like hit the back of their knee. Oh yeah. yeah. And they like, Whoa, oh, yeah, oh, Hey, yeah. you know, and I'll do that to somebody if I'm like a friend or whatever, but you're not just going to do it to a random person. Right. I just did that to somebody the other day. Like they were helping out with our youth group and they're standing at the back watching things going on. And we're like, we were friends. And I, don't, I just don't want to embarrass her over here by using we her We were name. friends. <laughs> we are friends. <laughs> and and I, I walked up behind her because I saw her stand on one foot. I'm like, hit the back of her knee. And like she goes down and she's like, ow. Like she's in severe pain, like needs help getting up. And I'm like, oh no. oh, no, what did I do? And she's like, actually, like my knee is not great. And I have a really bad back, back problem this week. She's oh, like, my goodness. I, I'm like in a lot of pain. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a whole thing happening over here, and I just like like she's out of commission the rest right of the there. time because I oh walked word. up and just like kicked her. Like who does that? Why? As I'm doing, I'm like, why? Why did I just feel the need to like oh. kick people? What? What is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't know. 
I haven't ever done the thing where I ask people if they're pregnant and they're not. Like, yeah. I haven't done that. I'm not stupid enough to do that. I'm stupid enough to do there a lot of things. There are people that do this, though. I, I and, know. And it happens. It's crazy. And that's, you know, for those of you who would ever ask that question, be better. Like, just be better. Like, be smarter. There's no excuse for that. Just don't be that. Don't be that guy. And it's always guys. It's almost always guys. Don't be that guy. Just just don't. Don't be that. Be better. Ugh. Um, so the other time, and I'm sure there are other times when my mouth has got me in trouble, but most of the time I wasn't embarrassed by it. There, there's only been two big ones where I've been embarrassed yeah. by it. So the first one was Derica at, at junior high camp. The second one, I was way older and this was one of my moments where, where my ability to filter myself just lapsed. Like it just kind of, it shorted out for a minute. And so I missed it. So once again, we were at a district event. Uh, and I was there with a bunch of my buddies who uh, we, had, we were all out of high school at this point. So we'd all kind of scattered to various places, but we all happened to be around. So guys I hung out with in high school, all this stuff. And we were all going to go out and just like, oh, we're going to go out, get something to eat, hang out, catch up, see what's going on in life. And there was one particular guy who was there uh, who was actually going to school in Tennessee. And so I really hadn't seen him in a while. So he, he comes back and he's there. And we're, we're sitting in the chapel at Mount Vernon Nazarene University all talking about what we're going to do. And he's kind of flaking out. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to go. I need to go home. And so I keep pushing him. I'm like, dude, you got it. Like, when was the last time we all got to get together like this? It's been years since we've all seen each other. You got to come with us. And he's like, oh, no, no. I just feel like I need to go home. You know, I think I should be hanging out with my family. And I'm like, dude, come on. You know, it's it's you're, you're going to be here for another week. You know, we're, we're just asking for one night. Come hang out with us. And I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And finally, I just hit this point where in my mind I'm going, how in the world could he possibly not want to go out with us? And as I'm thinking this, out of my mouth comes, dude, unless someone in your family has just died, there is no excuse for you not oh, to come no. out with us. And I didn't even think about it, but my friend Steve was standing behind this guy, standing behind Scott, and as he's doing this, his eyes get big and he's just shaking his head like, no, 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 no. And again, as it's coming out of my mouth, I see Steve doing this and I'm like, oh crap, here it goes. And, and Scott looks at me and he's like, actually, man, I'll just tell you, he's like, you didn't know. He's like, but my grandpa died this week. That's why I'm even home. So we've been doing a lot of stuff as a family. And again, again, I, I was just like, oh my gosh, why, why would you even like, who says that? Why would anybody say that? But I was just so like convinced that there was no good reason. And it just, it, it did. That was what I told him. And that was what I said. And I, I was, I, I, I it was awful. That was awful. That was worse than Derica. Yeah. That was, that was worse. Uh, it didn't seem like it at, at, at the time when I was in junior high, I would have yeah. said that was worse, but man, that was, that was rough. But yeah, I've, I've had those. My mouth has gotten me into some of those situations, and I'm just, yeah, not proud of it, but it's a thing. And that is a story I often tell because yeah. it's worth telling on myself for sure. Well, I wish I had a few more. <laughs> I, know, I know there's one or two that have come into my brain and left throughout the course of this thing, but I don't have it well, right I will, now. Well, I will tell one more. Again, <laughs> again you were I just I, have, I was I have, not prepared. You I didn't know, tell but, me this ahead of time. But again, these are these are go-to stories. These are not. Okay. These are. This is why I remember them is because I retell them and I try to admit them. So <laughs> I think I've told you this before. So this won't be any surprise to you. Uh, and this was just me. And I've since told uh, told the person that was almost involved in this situation with me. I've I've told her about it. <laughs> But um, I think you might know what I'm talking about. I'm not sure. But my wife and I were, were married in, uh, on October 1st of 2011. And that December, we were with her immediate family, and we were doing family Christmas. And her and her sister, especially at that time, were nearly identically shaped. I mean, if you, had, if you <laughs> didn't see their hair, because they both have very different hair. Yeah. And, and just were like walking up on them from behind, you would think that you wouldn't know which one was which necessarily. So I, being that we were newlyweds and being that we were newlyweds, I walk upstairs into the uh, living room and I see Kayla bent over by the tree arranging some presents and being newlyweds. I'm like, I'm going to go take this opportunity and, you know, get all up on that because, Hey, 
we're newlyweds and this is fun. So I go walking over there and literally not even six inches before I am like tangled up in this, I realize at the last second that this is not my wife that has been over arranging presents. This is my sister-in-law. And so... In that moment, again, it was one of those like heat moments where you're like, oh my gosh, Whoa. I can't believe. And so I just slowly backed out and just left the room. Like she didn't even know it happened. And uh, I think just this last year, maybe two years ago, I actually told the story to the whole family, which they all got a big kick out of. Yeah. But that was an almost, but I was still very humiliated by it. Uh, very much so. And again, had anything happened, like she would have just, we would have both just like, it would have just been one of those duck situations. Yeah, she's very good-natured. Yeah. You would and, have been and, fine. And it would have been completely innocent. But man, oh man, was that was that ever really embarrassing? I at think the moment? I think that is that is the pinnacle of embarrassment is when your brain your brain has you doing one thing, yeah. and it's in its own loop, and your your thoughts all make sense to you, and then all of a sudden you realize that in the middle of all of this. <laughs> I was not aware of the reality yes, that everybody else had going right. on. There is a factor that I had not accounted for. Yeah, there this. are outside circumstances oh that goodness. everyone seems to be aware of, except for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm good at those. I'm good at walking into those. So I'm very proud of myself in that particular instance, though, that I was able to I was able to recognize what was happening before anything happened. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty funny, <laughs> and we all got a kick out of that later on. Anyway. Yeah, so be careful before you smack someone's butt the next yes, time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Be aware. Be aware. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, is there anything else you've got? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying you need to try to top me or no, anything like no. that, but I would love, you know, I love a good conversation. A good guy conversation is the one-up in conversation. Yes. Do girls do this a lot? I haven't noticed as much. Girls go more round and round. Yeah. I, and it'll I, go I, from topic to topic. But the one-uppance with guys is a, is a big thing in storytelling. Yeah. Like, you'll tell one, he tells one. You'll tell one, he tells one. I think, I think the, with women, it's a little more passive-aggressive. I mean, obviously, it's a generalization. But I think it tends to be a little more passive-aggressive than that. Like, you, you, it's the dance around is more subtle, whereas guys are like... They're verbally punching each other yeah. every time. Like, oh, what are you going to do with that? And, and so... There for a while, because it got... So competitive like that. And in my group of friends, we were like, you're not allowed to use, I have a buddy. <laughs> like, if it's not your story, can it, Stephen? Yeah, you you know? know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, can't, you can't just come in here with, I have, I know a guy or I, my buddy, blah, blah, blah. If it starts off with my buddy, <laughs> that does not trump my story. It needs to be your own story. Oh, yes. And again, all of these were my own stories. I will, I, I will I own them all. I wish that more people did that because the amount, of, the amount of my buddy stories that I hear, and I think that's more prevalent in social media and stuff now because people post their own videos and all your friend's best stories are posted out there right oh, away. Yeah, yeah. So you have a more a larger catalog of your friend's stuff than you right. do of your own. Right. And people are spending... Well, and for me, I was the instigator in, in high school and junior high, but I was not the perpetrator. I would get other people convinced sure. to do the stupid thing, and I would watch it all unfold. So I missed a lot of my own opportunities. I can say I, I crafted some things, but I didn't experience <laughs> some of yeah. them. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Did I, did I tell the one traffic incident where I thought my whole family was going to be threatened because of the road rage? No. I think I may have told you that. I, I don't remember I, this. This had to be on another podcast. I feel like I just told it recently. It's, it sounds slightly familiar, but I'm not. We're, at, we're like, I break check the guy? Yes. Okay, I did tell that one on here. I think so. And you thought you were going to get into a fight yeah, that time. I break check yeah. the guy, and all of a sudden, like, there's this whole road rage incident that was going on, and just didn't realize it until they're right beside me trying to force me off the road, and... Yeah, I, I just get I get embarrassed when I'm like I'm doing my own thing, like it's only affecting me, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, you have your kids here, you have your yeah. wife here, you need to oh, yeah. just like be aware of what's happening. Oh yeah, that's why the the incident in going down the mountain like affected me so profoundly. Oh yeah, without like, a doubt, we could we could have totally been died died yeah. just because I felt like putting the car in neutral to <laughs> like somehow save. 10 cents in gas going down the mountain. <laughs> Mostly, I think that would just be really entertaining to write. Well, we used to do that in, in, in back in the day. My friend Andy would, 
uh, we'd go up to Flickinger Hill and we would start going down and he would pop his car in neutral. He'd roll down all the windows and we would just, you know, kind of roller coaster our way down. Yeah. We did a lot of stupid things that would have killed us uh, if we were smart enough to realize. If it's a stick shift, no problem. Yeah, I, it wasn't. Or if there's another hill coming up where you're like slowing down yeah. naturally. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe he didn't pop it in neutral. Maybe he left it in drive and just took his foot off the gas. That's probably the go. smarter thing to do if you're going to do that. But, uh, yeah. So have we exhausted our embarrassing stories I at this have. point? I I'm, I'm I'm sure I could come up with some others, but those were the ones that cascaded from tell me you at what, this moment. As people listen to this, if you're related to me and you've got one, go ahead and send it to me. Yep. Uh, try not to post all my embarrassing yes. stories on social media, but maybe yeah. if you could just... Nah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't care. Um, so... The moral of this podcast, if there is one, is we all do stupid things. Yeah. And eventually they make really great stories. So You don't die in the moment. Like No. Like I think a lot of people I don't know I know like depression and suicide and all that, but like don't don't think that your life is over or go into a really deep funk over a re- ever an embarrassing situation yeah. like this. Don't beat yourself up repeatedly. No. There is life after it. Yes, there and is. And after a year or two, like, nobody's going to remember anyway. And eventually you'll be the one telling the story on yourself, and it'll be hilarious, and you'll actually enjoy it. <laughs> That's true. But, yeah. Uh, if nothing else, I hope this entertained you tonight, and I hope we were able to outdo some of your embarrassing moments, and you don't feel as stupid as you did before you listened to this podcast. I don't know, or maybe you feel dumber after listening to this podcast. Your, I don't your, know. your action step this week is to either send us one that we've forgotten about ourselves, yes. or if you care to tell on yourself, we would love to hear that. Absolutely. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of that. And where can they awesome. find us on those particular things? Instagram and Twitter are the same. TTWS Podcast. Those are the same. Uh, Facebook was not as nice, and so we had to go much longer. It's at the Things We Say Podcast. So, which is easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. But so either which way, tell us something. Go ahead, tell on yourself. We've we've got the ball rolling. That's so go right. for it. That's right. Well, thank you guys, and uh, we will catch you again next week. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The things we say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to the things we say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been the Things We Say. See you next time.